What up, world? And welcome back to another enthralling episode of the Amera Podcast, episode 176. Wow. And some wonderful air drumming by Mr. John Kelly back there today. Yep. Fantastic. So, so good for the radio medium. Yo, did you guys see the Foo Fighters tribute concert to their drummer and the and the son who did the the drumming? I did. That was totally shit. That was so cool. Damn. That whole I looked through the whole set list. That whole concert seemed so sick. Like so many cool covers. Six hours long. Yeah. Yeah. Wild shit. I didn't even know it was happening. And then all of a sudden my Twitter timeline was like, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's how everything's been this year. Like, like Taylor Swift graduated from like NYU or something. Like gave the the opening speech or something like that. I was like, Oh, I didn't wow. even know she was going back to school. Oh, gave the commencement speech. Yeah. Maybe. But Damn. everything just is like boom happening that fast. Bing, 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 bing. You can't stay up to date with all of it. You know, it's, it's impossible. Totally. It's too hard, but we're not here to talk about keeping up with the times, or are we? Wait. Certain times. <laughs> specific times. Not those times. Certain context times. We're here to talk about some other times. But before we get into it, to introduce the crew, we got the original cast in the house this evening. With me outside the Denver metro area, we got Denver metro area. <laughs> Uh, we have Mr. John Kelly. How are you this evening? Good, good. Enjoying, uh, enjoying the day off on a Monday for Labor Day. You know, support your labor unions. It's important. Yeah. Uh, as does seventy-one percent of Americans, according to Gallup. Yeah, I saw so that. We love you to just see said that. that. That's. Kind of wild to me, actually, that number, 71%, but I'm glad I'm yeah, glad it's, it's that high. Um, any, even any cursory reading of 20th century history should provide you with an understanding of the importance of labor unions and how they you know, helped build the middle class in this country and solidified both the upper, middle, and lower class and really much more comfort. Also... There'd be no weekends. There'd be no eight-hour workdays without the labor union. So, <laughs> you know, support stuff. Kids That's would right. still be That's losing right. fingers in factories. I was going to say, mm-hmm. yeah, you're welcome for your weekend, folks. And for reference, uh, in 2010, about it looks like, uh, only 48% of Americans approved of labor unions. And uh, from about the 30s to the 70s, it was about where it is. It's back that to traditional uh yeah because i thought that yeah so, i thought the dip was a little more permanent i'm glad to see it move back up a little bit yeah there was a major dip right around 2010 which is yeah, interesting well, like to and hear a history a result, of that you had all those uh, right to work states you know popping up throughout the country right. banning, basically right. banning right. labor unions but yeah which is bad turns yeah, out labor should have the right to <laughs> make contracts with the you know whoever owns the actual means of production so it's all good I hope you're enjoying your Labor Day, all you listeners. Hope you had some time off to hang with your family, hang with your friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. John Kelly. And also with us in the Denver metro area, Mr. John Anderson. How are you this evening? I'm good. Uh, and just to continue that, 
if you know you're talking to your Republican uncle and he's like, I fucking hate socialism and trade unions, ask him if he likes the NFL. And if he says yes, then be like, you actually love socialism and trade unions, just to let you know. Because <laughs> a salary cap and, and, and revenue sharing is socialist as shit. And uh, the NFL Players Union negotiates on behalf of the players. And that's why you have things like free agency and a draft and uh, you know minimum requirements and a, all that yeah, kind of stuff. Every major so, sport. Uh, if you like any of the major sport. But yeah, yep. you're 100% correct. Welcome to the socialist paradise. We y'all. love it. Yeah. People know not of what they speak. And also with us, our West Coast correspondent, Mr. Tyler Grillo. How are you this evening? Good. I'm good. I'm good. I love that you're so used to saying this evening, even though it's like afternoon right now. I know. But that's okay. Nobody needs to know. <laughs> yeah. Nobody needs to know. Uh, it seems like, yes, yeah, it's, it's like we're sitting down to a nice round table. Apologies for being a little less uh, 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 loud in my banter, opening banter. I feel like I usually, but I was eating some food I was, because um, fortunately I was working a little bit today. Very unlabor day of me. So I'm a little behind my, my schedule here. Um, but I was thinking the same thing, John. I was like, ooh, so what you're telling me is like 71% of Americans support socialism. That's what you're telling me when you're telling me that 71% of Americans support labor unions. Uh, amazing. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. And, you know, I, I feel like, Tyler, you celebrated almost almost like a very European style socialism by taking a month off in the middle of the summer anyway. That's going true. To Italy. That's so very like, true. You're right. You're right. It's okay. If you put an hour or two in. That's right. That's right. Um, and I am taking the rest of the day off. So, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of, mm-hmm. of each of each. So, mm-hmm. and we got some good topics to discuss. I feel like we're a little behind the ball, but on some of these, but better late than never, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Blake, who are you? I'm Blake. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. True words have never been spoken. (laughs) And I am your host, Blake Mannion. Uh, I have a question. Are we doing labor right now? Ooh, interesting. Well, one could argue that many things we do are labor. Yeah, and other people would argue if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life, John. Indeed. That sounds like Indeed. something. Which is that why... sounds like a narrative the man fed us. That's what I think. Like, <laughs> uh, I think. And within that construction, I will be billing you guys for these hours. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious! Hilarious! I think recording the podcast falls under Iki Guy. That's right. You love this. Yeah. yeah. Like the post office. Yeah. <laughs> it's a thing it's up Blake there. loves. Iggy guy, yeah. uh, red wine, and the post, and office. post office, and Benjamin Franklin, <laughs> and Madonna, yeah. and Benjamin Franklin. In that order, too. In that this, order. This is like the pantheon of like. I really only like Benjamin Franklin because he saved the post office. Really. Okay. Is. So, so, and, so, so these are interrelated I mean. things. <laughs> the Ben Franklin love is the transitive yeah. property of the post office yeah. love. Yeah. Okay. Fuck everything it's else. Subset. Fuck everything else about him. You know from. Right. His experiments to his slavery. Uh, but I mean, he he did help us out with winning the revolution in the French Navy and stuff. I mean, bonus for that. I mean, yeah, hey, it's funny. And he banged a lot of French women doing it, so like everybody won <laughs> we, in that. It's funny how all these uh, notable f- uh, people in history have like these crazy histories themselves. You know? Yeah. Yep. There's not a lot of. Well, yeah. I guess I. Don't know if I would say that, but uh, I was going to say there's not a lot of boring people, but actually sometimes there is. Yeah, yeah there are. There are, there are. 
Yeah. <laughs> actually, turns yeah. out. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of, of boring. Speaking of boring people in history, <laughs> how funny would that be? If, Except the opposite. <laughs> how funny would that be if we just started labeling Trump as like the most boring person the more, in history? The most boring person. <laughs> Honestly, it would be so. One of the <laughs> things that has really bothered me is that like politics became popular and everybody decided they had an opinion on it. And I would like to go back to it being boring and people not knowing what's going on. Yeah, that was better, yeah right. Maybe yeah. It used to be like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm informed and I talk about this. Now it's just like, oh, I just talk about this. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's yeah. like I mean, yeah. it's like it, it is a weird thing, though, right? Because like in in a functioning democracy, you want people involved and you want people like yeah. to have the ability to speak and to be passionate about things. It's too bad that what it took for a solid chunk of this country to become more involved with politics was to have a reality TV star who likes to fire people like run for office, like somehow as if that somehow connects to running effective government. Um, and we don't have a, you know, like if you, if you want a citizen to like be a strong citizen, they need to like eat, uh, you know, strong citizen calories. And right now we don't have very good sources of citizenship calories. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Our, we have very low density nutritional, uh, uh, ecosystem in this country right now so that even when people are engaged it like becomes a separate issue yeah yeah Yeah. and so yeah that becomes a thing but anyways uh like we have seen with the mar-a-lago raid and this most recent update we have with the um search search. (laughs) thank you thank you thank you this is why we had this conversation prior with the mar-a-lago search Boy, that's a tough one. Uh, You know, you had like classified documents that were laid out on the floor. And then you have people on Fox News being like, oh, they were empty. Like, who cares then? And it's like, wait, they were empty. Where did they go? What happened? So, you know, like you can take a fact, right? Which is there were empty classified envelopes on the floor in Mar-a-Lago. And people can have vastly different interpretations of like what that means and the intention there and all of that. And so uh, that's where like the information environment becomes incredibly important. But yeah, that's bad. That's, 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 that's bad that 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 is a thing that that happened in this country. Yeah. My, my understanding is that um, they can track what documents were supposed to be in there given the folder. Like, I don't know what that means, but like someone made a statement. I assume that means that there's a barcode on the back of the fucking folder that has whatever. Right. An itemized... Something like that, right? Yeah, something like that. They are able to, like uh, evidence, I think, they have like a chain of custody, right? And so with identifiers, and so yeah, they should be able, especially with like the super secret shit. Right. And I mean, and and we just... We don't know enough at this point. Some of them might have been returned, for all we know. Yeah, yeah but it's true. It, it seems unlikely that they were. But um, you know, some of the list that was in in Trump's like handwriting and in Aid's handwriting was that oh, this was returned back or this needs to be sent back right to certain people within. I think it was. I think it was within defense, but. Um, you know, the point is that they were empty and we just don't know what happened to them. And that's part of the reason that the FBI is c- 
conducting this investigation, right, is that there were all of these top secret documents that are government property that are, could be out there just floating around somewhere. You know, if there yeah. isn't that receipt that they got returned, that's a real issue. Yeah. And obviously, worst case scenario, they are now they are out there somewhere. I mean, absolute worst case scenario, they're probably got like sold or traded or whatever to um, foreign powers for whatever various mm-hmm. reasons. But regardless <laughs> right, of yeah. those, that's probably unlikely too. But yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's, the it's worst possible. case scenario, probably unlike. But I mean, regardless, there were still what twelve, um, like top secret, and then like a handful of other classified documents that were there, right? Um. I'm not sure what the numbers are. And also there's like, con- there's, there's an interesting sequence, right? Which is they asked for documents. Trump was like, fuck off. And then ended up giving them back and then, uh, or giving some back. And then there were, and then they realized there was more missing. Then there was a subpoena for documents that was ignored. Then, uh, one of Trump's lawyers certified that they had returned all of the documents requested, uh, which is probably illegal and then uh they they were they were presented with evidence that that was not true that's where the mole comes in and that's why they conducted the search right and so to be clear if if this was any other person in the world he would already be in jail uh and he would have been in jail months ago right right Uh, if it was was a general with one piece of top secret documentary evidence that he just had sitting around his house he'd be in jail right now yeah. 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 Literally. Yes. People have gone to jail for this type of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a gigantic, humongous, big fucking deal. Um, and you're very quickly running out of reasons why this would be for unnefarious reasons. Yeah. Right. So, well, and, and then, and then it's, it's, it was really interesting if you're, if you're a legal scholar and a legal nerd, like over the last four or five days, the Trump team argument, right, that they should get a master involved, right, quote unquote, which is kind of like a third party reviewer of yeah. the documentary yeah. evidence that the FBI is collecting and whether or not there was enough. <laughs> Basically, a couple things, right, whether or not the FBI stated what they thought was missing, whether it's actually there and whether it was actually secret enough for them to be conducting a type of search. Right. And take back. Well, and also things like attorney client privilege, um, like that's why they go through these things. It's it's a pretty regular process, but they've already done it. And they had a uh, my understanding is they have what is called a filter team do it, which is they have a main investigative team. Right. That is investigating. And then you give the documents over to a filter team that is a third party team, not involved in the original investigation that goes through the documents and says, okay, are any of these attorney client privileged or anything that would make them or, or irrelevant um, or, or things like that. They go through them and then boom, you're good. A special master does the same, but my understanding is a, a special master is often used when it's like a shit load of documents. Mm-hmm. And this is like a very, in like civil cases where you're literally talking about like millions of documents. Right, right. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's unprecedented and, to ask for it in this, in this, yeah. well, obviously all of this is unprecedented <laughs> since he's a former president, but it's just because it is this type of federal investigation, right? That he's basically suing to block by using a master. It's not usually what that that part of the court process is used for. And you're right, John, that it's usually used 
like previously, right? And like the like uh, confidentiality right. between lawyers and their clients, right? Masters are all often used there, but that's prior to like a civil court case as they're yeah. going through like discovery within a case. So it's like it's it's kind of like a hail mary by the Trump team to try to show that the government's doing something wrong by you know. Um, searching and taking these top secret documents back. Go ahead. It seems like a pretty tactical uh, misstep because the government probably wouldn't have said very much after, yeah. very much about any of this until after the midterms. But instead they were like, okay, well, we will be happy to answer yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. And that's how we got this photo. Yeah. yeah. Right. And now, like, now we're going to go through it and show it. Yeah. And it was approved yesterday, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, the master? yeah. So that's going to happen um, this week. And so you know, and and a lot of legal scholars that I follow on Twitter and whatever are basically like, I don't see how you cannot indict after this. Like, I didn't read it myself, but uh, it's apparently <laughs> basically uh, like very smart people I follow were like, I have never read a document like this from the government that did not result in an indictment, right? Eventually. Yeah, yeah. So, and again, we right. are in unprecedented territory. This is a former president. Um, there's lots of people who are like, well, if on both, on, there's lots of people with different intentions here saying that if you indict him, there's going to be a ton of violence. But if you say, well, we can't uh, enforce the rule of law because of fascists, then the fascists have already won. So yeah. Yeah. you need to do this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And I mean, it's, it's so funny. Like, and it, again, just throughout the Trump presidency and now in the the later years of the Trumpism, mid years of Trumpism, whatever you want to call it. It's so funny to go back and listen to all the times he's railed against people who did nothing wrong. And then he does the exact same thing in an even worse way, right? Like him talking about on the campaign trail, locking yeah. people up for mishandling government documents, taking that documents was, that shouldn't be there, Hillary Clinton, other people in the DOJ. And it's like, it's so yeah. funny. It's like he did the exact yeah. same thing, but 10 times worse. And it's like, it was yeah. the core of his campaign in 2016. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Yeah. Was government officials should handle confidential information with care. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Anti-corruption. And then in method. 2018, so he signed a law that is now possibly coming into Amazing. effect with with Amazing. this there's a quote of him saying we're going to in under my administration we are going to enforce all laws having to do with top secret information he very clearly has an understanding of the legality and seriousness of this because that's what the 2016 campaign was about rally yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was I would make the opposite argument that he understood that it rouses up his base, <laughs> <laughs> and that there's enough people that were pissed off about what they perceived to be corruption. I would just right, the whole drain the swamp message in a court of law. Be <laughs> but, like, let me yeah. uh, please watch the following hour montage of him saying that he is understanding that this is wrong, and then I would welcome the defense to prove that he didn't know what he was yeah, saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah good yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Totally and then you get to argue yeah. criminal insanity, yeah. maybe. Mm -hmm. um, do we think that an, uh, an indictment, if uh, assuming that it happens, is going to happen before or after the midterms? I think it's almost certainly will not happen before the midterms. Mm -hmm. um, and they've, they've pretty clearly said as much. Um, yeah. So yeah, they don't want it to be politicized any more than it already is. Sure. Yeah. And I think, um, I don't know, they're probably 
I mean, I guess so as far as like legality goes, like the the law outside of like politics and strategy and any of that kind of stuff, he should have been indicted long ago for many, many crimes, right? And so we yes, should have indicted yeah, him yeah, for yeah. this yesterday. He should already be in jail, right? And so if we're yeah. only talking yep. about the law, let's just like put that as our foundation of this. We're not, right? And so what are the political calculations here? I think probably you don't win very much if you indict him prior to the midterms in a political sense. You just rally up the base and cite violence uh, mm-hmm. in a when you don't really need to. Whereas the big game with Trump is not 2022. We already have a metastasization, if that's a word. The Trumpism is already metastasized. So like putting him in jail is not going to solve the problem. It's just going to cut out the biggest tumor. And so that can probably happen after the midterms and just be and be as viable uh, to the body politic as prior to. Um, So... Uh, I would probably say, like, the political calculus suggests you should also wait. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but you should do right. it, like, yeah. the day the new Congress is sworn yeah. in. Right. Mm-hmm. Or the day before if it's a Republican Congress. Yeah. And, I mean, we, we've already talked – we talked about it last week. I think we talked uh, – the last pod and the time before that as well. I mean, the Republicans end up taking back the House, which seems very likely it's going to turn into a political circus yeah. anyway. It's going to be a be indicted the day afterwards, and they're going to announce 16 different investigations into every piece of Democratic leadership and, and DOJ. They've already they've already announced that they're going to do it. McCarthy said yeah. he's going to do it. So. And nominate him for Speaker of the yeah. House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to be so Speaker of the House from a jail cell. It's going to be awesome. They're going to have a little like laptop for him to zoom in on. It's going to be awesome. It's wild if that ends up happening, man. Ooh, I think there's, there's got to be like rules where you have to be like physically present to be Speaker of the House. Right. There has to be yeah. rules in, yeah. in uh, the House for hope. that. We would hope. But the House gets to make their own yeah. rules too. Yeah. I, there, I don't, there's definitely nothing in the Constitution that says the Speaker House has to be in the House, I don't think. Right. Um, so what what they would do is just pass something. They'd be like, well, we are our own Bali yeah, politics. We're going to change yeah, yeah. the rule because we have <laughs> the amount of people and there's here. there's precedent and already to... with COVID and Zoom. And right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, cool. It's yeah. going to be so fun, guys. I'm so excited. Yeah. It's going to be wait. so great. Can't wait. It's yeah. So I mean, good thing we still got Biden between now and... 2024, assuming he lives, fingers crossed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He survived COVID. So. Yeah, yeah, right. True. Um, With much better than Trump did. Right. And uh, I was very happy to see uh, that did his speech this week um, that he came out and named the problem. Yeah. I think that was like the the most important part of that was that the leader of the country said like these people are well he's he said semi-fascist earlier but i think we can kind of like include that in here and he he's trying to drive a wedge between what he called maga republicans and mainstream republicans which i think was smart yeah. uh, another yeah, thing I, too. I read it from david french uh, that i thought was interesting was um he was baiting trump Mm-hmm. into uh, getting more involved in the midterms. And it worked because of the Trump's most recent rally, which was banana sandwich. Mm-hmm. And so it sure was. what it's, it's, it's gonna mean that the midterms are about Trump right. and Republicans were trying to make it about anything other than Trump. And I guess sure. abortion. Yeah. Right. Cause they, yeah. Totally. side note, have you seen that they, most Republicans have been scrubbing uh-huh. uh, like anti-abortion uh-huh. stuff from their websites? Uh-huh. You fuckers worse. We see yeah, you. Dumbasses. 
but yeah, so mm. you know, it, it. I think that also is true and and a smart result of it. I was a lot of people were like, "Oh my god, freak out!" Like I saw Megan McCain being like, "How do you unify the country after this speech?" And it's like, ask your people, yeah, yeah. Megan. Like we have tried everything we fucking could possibly try. Merrick Garland was the most milk toast Supreme Court justice we could have put up possibly yeah. and he didn't even get a fucking meeting with Mitch McConnell yeah. so you right. how do you unify yeah. with that Miss McCain yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's very it's it's very tough to listen to them talk about unifying yeah. the country on the right as Fully if that's what off. they're trying to do and that's what they've yeah, been trying to not. do yeah. it's like we all know and we see it and that's it's also fa- kind of fascist dog whistle to say that kind of stuff on the right that cuz uh-huh. they what they really mean is there's only one type of unifying yeah. the country, and it's under their understanding yes. of what the in crowd is, and totally. it's Christian, usually yeah. white Republicanism. That's what yeah. it is. And if you're outside of that bubble, then your vote doesn't matter, and your opinions don't matter, and your unifying doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, they don't totally. want those other people inside the tent, and yeah. we see that from outside. No. Right? It's like it's not it's not even yeah. hidden. Right? So to say that you know Biden is now all of a sudden oh well what happened to the unifying message? He's been trying for two years. Yeah. He stepped into the White yeah. House, and for two years he's been talking about it. And unfortunately, as the leader of the country, he eventually was going to have to say something about it. Yeah. And you and really, the right has made no moves whatsoever to try to get rid of Trump and to try to come back to at least somewhat of an even center party a little bit. Except right. for individual cases yeah. like Liz Cheney yeah, and course. Adam Kinzinger. Um, right. Yes. I but, was making a general statement yeah. about the larger Republican, but you're right. You're I want right. to call them out, but, but I mean, it is, a, yeah. it is almost every elected Republican official. Let's be clear about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we should call They're still out the standing ones. there two years later saying that the big lie happened. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's because widespread voter fraud. Democrats are cheats and liars. It's the only way they're going to win. We yeah. have to save our country. That's what they, they're messaging for the last mm-hmm. two years. Yeah. And so there's no unifying message there. No. Yeah. It, they're asking for surrender, not unification. Yeah. And tr- Trumpism has taken right. over the Republican Party to such a degree, right, that they are not they're not willing to like come back from that it seems like right like that and part of trumpism is this divisiveness is like there yeah. are just certain people who yeah or who don't belong who like blah, blah, right and so there's like this this full embrace of that in a way that yeah takes cutting that out and being like no we're not gonna do this but i think that they also the party that's been so good at least in our lifetimes and and about rallying the horses right around whoever their candidate is and whoever that central and making it, they're paying the price for that now because, you know, they're, I don't think that they're willing to take, I think most, the the culture is such in the Republican party that they're not willing to take a risk of, of possibly dividing their party and would instead rather their party continue going down the toilet to the right. So I think this gets kind of interesting because I think that there's like psychology that comes into effect here too, right? Which is um, the authoritarian mindset. Like, I don't think that that a lot of people in that party are capable of Uh, that. Like, they're looking for... Like, I guess maybe I will say that's not a bug. It's a feature to them, right? right? Like the the hierarchy is important. So that's why you even had DeSantis having to lick the boots after the the Mar-a-Lago search, because that's how 
an authoritarian party works uh-huh. and you are yeah. you are um uh rewarded for yeah. that yeah. right like that's why pence is so has so much fealty to trump too like they're the sith uh-huh. straight uh-huh. up and so like I, I i think that instead of them being like oh well we're trying to like get this cancer out of our party and we were we're not capable of doing that it's no this is the hierarchy we have been seeking for a long time and our leaders haven't been granting are are we prepared to have everybody stand up and say it because we have a chunk of us saying it where's the rep like that and that's the pressure coming from the MAGA republicans which is where are you central republicans where are you going to stand up and say that you're coming farther right because that's what's important. We all agree on the very important underpinnings of this, which is usually based on, you know, economic freedom <laughs> and and Hayden. Then it's a whole bunch of mixture of yeah, discriminate against people. Stuff. But we're, I, we're I, all for that. I I just don't know how I, many of them are left. I I yeah I. You know, I think that's a very good point too. It's hard to tell. Like, do they call themselves? They're conservatives. We would have called them Republicans in the '90s, but like, do we call those people Republicans now? I feel like we don't. And that's one thing where I see this a lot, where people are like, "Oh, half the country, you're pissing off." This came up a lot with Biden's speech. You're pissing off half the country. No, you're not. You're pissing off like 35 percent of the country, maybe yeah. a third. Yeah, yeah. Yep. maybe usually a third. Yeah, yep. which is like an identifying Republican who like votes, who is like a quote unquote MAGA Republican. You have a third of the party. Let's say very basically, you have a third of the country who's votes Democrat reliably. You have a third of the country who votes Republican reliably. Then you have a third of the country who doesn't vote reliably. And so that doesn't mean that those people don't exist. Yeah. And we should, you know, my think mom, about them. My mom's a good example of somebody who uh, has been a registered Republican her entire life and then switched her registration two years ago. Right. But not to be Democrat, but just to be nonpartisan. <clears throat> yeah, yeah so how do we count her yeah you know yeah. like she still voted you know totally it's oh yeah very, sure. that, that, it's very hard to tell and that's what i meant what i was, was trying to get at is that it's very hard to tell where that kind of middle third lies yeah 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 because yeah. mm-hmm. they're all over the place on yeah. a lot of issues yeah. yeah um but there's consistently a lot of them are pissed off about a lot of the really extreme right stuff yeah and that's true and it, but it, it seems like they're coming around to the like, oh, democracy's actually in trouble argument. And that was why I think Biden saying that out loud right. was the most important yeah. thing. Yeah. Like, it is literally unprecedented that a American president is coming out and saying those types of things yeah. with that degree of certainty. Yeah. Like, I, the, the closest analogy I can think of is FDR in the 30s with fascism. Uh, Hey, we're back. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> this is a pretty big deal. I don't know if people really understand that. Uh, you know, we have a person who stole documents from the United States government and potentially distributed them. And he's a, a private citizen. Yeah. Like, this is, it's a big, it's a very big deal. Yeah. There's been some other more recent stuff. Uh, and then the probably the most famous is the Rosenbergs who were executed for giving the commies the bomb. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, don't give communists the bomb. 
yeah, turns out. Yeah. I mean, don't Please. give humans the bomb, but you know, like, here yeah, we don't are. give anybody the bomb. Yeah, Nobody yeah, should, yeah. no, no yeah. bombs for anybody. Um, speaking of, <laughs> if you guys see the new Top Gun, very good. Very much enjoyed it. Highly, like, literally. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it. No, but I've heard that. I've heard that. I from had a few high expectations and it was fucking good. Okay. All right. Spend your disbelief a little bit. Uh, they, the thing that I found a little annoying was uh, they literally never say who the enemy is. Oh, that's fun. Like, they, there's, <laughs> they never identify them. The, the, the scary bad guys are flying fifth generation fighters. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, geez. Yeah. yeah, so it could literally anybody. It's literally, it's, it seems like it's probably Iran. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, they have to like blow up a uranium enrichment facility and it's... Um, yeah, that seems a little. It's like it's it's Hollywood going. Yeah, it's pretty much Iran, but we don't want to say exactly. Yeah, yeah, we, don't, yeah, we yeah. don't really want to do it. But there, there, it's like, <laughs> yeah. come on, we all know who this is. <laughs> I was talking with uh, my my wife Lauren about. The, I was we, I brought up the new Top Gun. She's like, I she's like, I have like that visceral thing that makes me want to punch someone whenever someone says uh, that's a negative Ghost Rider. And I was like, Oh, really? I was like, We say that shit. And I was, <laughs> okay, I have not seen the old Top Gun in a while, but I have heard from a lot of people. I, I should say I've heard multiple times people saying this is better than the original. Wow. Wow. And I can like maybe get down with that. Damn. Wow. Well, yeah. Uh, well, no comment from me. I was not, was never really big on the first Top Gun either. No. It's hard, like, oh man. It's, it was okay. It was I'm with okay. you on it that, just, Kelly. Like, I'm with you. On of that. all the like, uh, with all the like, uh, Tom Cruise, like secret right. agent, Scientology, you know, fucking jet fighter, every, all the yeah, different sure. stuff. It was the hardest one for me to get into. I, yeah, I like the Mission Impossibles yeah. that he was yeah, in. Yeah. Those, those were fine. The secret agent stuff. I love but the, the Top Gun thing was a little <laughs> too overt <laughs> military for me. I love the cool high five is my favorite part when they walk past each other and they high five up top and then they <laughs> high five down low. So yeah, good. but you know what they did not have ever is the 360 high five, which is something that John Anderson and I did. Back in high school. <laughs> oh, that's right. You know what? Wow, I, wow. We're, we've Throwback. completely messed this up, John. I can't believe you're bringing up Top Gun and Fluffy isn't even on the pod to discuss. I know. And he's, have not this even, he's not I know. even here. He's not even in the sorry. studio. He's, he's, out, he's out wheeling. I messed it up. Uh, <laughs> you guys, overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorite Tom Cruise movies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, we should play that uh, in the future. We should do one. that as like a little side grab, <laughs> like grab bag for our, for our yeah, listeners yeah, yeah, at yeah, some yeah. point. <laughs> Oh God, Jesus! <laughs> totally, I don't know. totally. That could I be mean, our Patreon. It's just like us doing silly, underrated, overrated, favorite, least favorite. I mean, I yeah, yeah, it's, it's that all so much. business for me. I'm going to put it in every category. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say every single one. <laughs> it's, 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 it's overrated. It's underrated. It's my least favorite. Oh my God. Um, can I put that my my most favorite is the documentary that's yet to be done about Scientology in which he's in it. Can we? Yeah. Oh, okay. is Are they, he? No, so, I mean, there's like a future pick. In, oh, there's a bunch of Scientology ones where he's or yeah, that's my favorite. He's counts as a Tom Cruise. Yeah, <laughs> that's in him, but there's like clips of him doing right? Scientology. So, yeah, yeah. My favorite is him jumping up and down on the Oprah couch. Um, we all love that moment. Uh, oh my god! You know, listeners, there's a lot that. going on in the world, and you know, we we could continue talking here. Did want to mention briefly that you know. While we're talking about Tom Cruise, I guess I don't know. I have no. I have no transition for this. Um, Too bad Tom Cruise wasn't there to punch 
a cloud in the face and yeah. prevent this from happening. Uh, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, speaking <laughs> of countries that have uranium uh, enrichment uh, programs, issues, issues. Sure, um, yeah, there we go. There we go. Um, <laughs> if, if the, the the flooding in Pakistan um, that has caused one third of the country to be underwater is just literally that's, yeah, one, that's literally one third of the country to be underwater. You can see it from space. Displacing how many millions of people? Um, and there are like over, 40 million something people there, so yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. And then, like, I think like over a thousand have died, also. I mean, this is like just you know, another the escalating climate change, um, implications and disasters. Um, I'm in a heat wave right now in California. We have a like, we have a heat wave, it's going like on. almost 100 degrees in September in Colorado, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, and you know, it's like we're we're. The, the, the political i i think for me right now the 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 two big things that stand out are like the political situation globally but also in the us which to me includes also all the various social justice implications because they they just are going hand in hand and climate change right which i mean is also economic or is uh, environmental justice also but those two things seem to be like really coming to a head in a particular way that the next yes. two years are going to be super interesting we also have what's happening in uh in mississippi and jackson no water yeah, that's yeah. fucked it's really uh, wild yeah. yeah it's really 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 bad um and yeah these things i just i'm like oh the like the political unrest the where we are with various social justice movements and lack of justice in many of those and just ongoing systems and climate change it's just gonna be mm, it's gonna be it's just a particular soup that um, i don't know if we're gonna want to eat but everybody get your spoons ready because i don't think we're gonna have much of a choice and I agree with you, Tyler. And and what's important to note is that you shouldn't give up hope yet, but it's going to need to be a lot of community building and a lot of yeah. tough. There's going to be some tough years ahead for everyone, and there needs to be understanding and cooperation across yeah, rather yeah, than yeah. exclusion. I'll tell you what. One of the things that freaks me out the most going forward is when the fascists figure out environmentalism. It, Ego fascism scares the living shit out of me. It's a central tenet of like the neo Nazi party is that taking back the planet in order to make it a more healthy environment is only possible by killing minorities. And And so to connect all mm. the things we've just talked about, get out and Mm. fucking vote or the fascists will. Mm. Godspeed, everybody. I, I like the Blake grunts at the end. That's how I know we're getting close yeah. to wrapping mm. up in a good way. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Shenanana.